0: Don't seem to have video on you, Dan. I don't know if that's intentional.
1: Oh, no, that's just me getting to hit the button and... It's because he's naked, really. (laughs) No, I've gone from being naked. You're fine. Oh, God, turn it back off.
0: You've got a good uh, choice of musical intro if you want it this week.
1: (laughs) A choice of musical intro?
0: Well, it's the first episode with a musical interlude, as far as I can remember.
1: This is true.
2: Depends if I can find. Let's have a quick look on iTunes. Just... Oh,
0: I am pretty certain that's going to be available somewhere.
1: It was a catchy song. Here the man they call That's
0: the other option you can just get Dan to do an arpeggio for you.
1: And done.
2: This week's episode of Remedial Nerding, the podcast where three nerds force each other to watch something that they really should have already seen. Your friendly neighbourhood nerds this week are Nathan, Dan, and me, Paul. Remember, there's no such thing as a bad nerd. This week, it's Janestown, which is an odd episode, and I think I'll leave. let Dan run through a quick, uh, quick summary.
1: Uh, so Janestown, pretty awesome Great Jane's episode, as is pretty evident in the title. They're off to the little world of Canton, which is, as backwaters go, as backwater as it can be, it's just basically a planet that's one slave town that digs mud to make ceramics. Can I interrupt a second?
2: Are you trying to rival Nathan for a, a long summary? Yeah. In here?
1: We need to set the scene for Canton. No, because people have watched the episode. <laughs> it's just
2: a summary to remind
1: them what it was.
0: So the main exports of Canton are...
1: <laughs> Jane had been there previously and got into some trouble. Was trying to lay low, they turn up and find that Jane is now a local hero because he dumped a shitload of cash out the back of his failing aircraft in order to get away. Mao tries to exploit this. Hilarity ensues, followed by some fighting. There we go, that'll do. <laughs> and crime. Because we're always doing crime.
0: Yeah, this is an episode where... They do more crime than usual, or at least they seem to be more professional criminals than usual.
2: It's a bit more directly criminal, but my main thing, yeah, based on your assessment of Jane last time, Nathan was uh, first thing I wrote down was Jane, good, bad, or ugly, <laughs> and I tried to ask myself in each situation, it's like which category will I put him in.
1: This I felt that this episode was a very humanizing episode for Jane.
2: So I know the I know the central character of the episode is Jane. However, I think. The more important interaction in the, or the more, more pleasurable interactions are the Simon and Kaylee throughout the episode. Yes, right at the beginning From is a good. The beginning one. all the way through to the end. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, as you both know, I all have a massive amount of fondness for Simon, so I'm glad to see any episode where he's features more prominently than he was last time around.
2: Yeah, he's gone. I mean, he's he endears himself to to me a lot, and. Kaylee is quite amusing to him, especially when she's mean to him later on. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah,
1: it's it's quite a good episode for Anara as well. To be fair, it's a good. I don't think there's a bad interaction between any of the. It's a good episode for them all. There's none that leaves you feeling unfulfilled in any way. Well, the other thing
2: I found with this was Mal's part in it was very minor.
0: Yeah, he was just keeping things moving, basically. Yeah, he was. There's a bit of a, a structural a, element.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose last week was a very Mao-heavy um, episode, so it did, didn't really need much from Mao this week.
2: So this is the, the first good, bad or ugly part for Jane. Destroyed the infirmary, definitely bad. Strapping a gun to himself, definitely bad.
0: I quite like that uh, Simon actually uses, I'm pretty sure word for word, what I've described him as before partially trained ape.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Without the trained... Yeah. But I
2: did like the bit where he, the Simon walks to the door and still does, doesn't does swear, having just discussed the fact that he does swear with Kaylee. But it's obviously because Kaylee's not, not in bed that he hasn't sworn. <laughs> so the look on uh, Jane's face when he does tear the tape off his stomach. It's that little twinkle in his eye.
1: <laughs> Was try not to crash.
0: With the swearing thing, though, it is possibly... I don't want to say a criticism exactly. It's something that I've noticed in this that I don't entirely like, which is that... Have we talked before about Chekhov's gun? Anton Chekhov, playwright, said once, if you've got a gun on the table in the first act, it will be fired before the end of the third act. In other words, you shouldn't... So there's this phrase in script writing that you shouldn't introduce elements that just don't come up again. But Firefly, I think, I've noticed is particularly keen on paying things off quite quickly. Case in point being this little uh, pre-title sequence. We haven't got to it yet, but the, you start off with Simon saying, oh yeah, I swear when it's appropriate. Meaning, yep. basically never. At which point I thought, well, guaranteed he's going to swear before the next six minutes have passed. <laughs> and actually it was five minutes thirty-five.
1: We have heard him swear a couple of times though. Well, he's also the only person that swears in English. Yes, <laughs> Yeah, most of the sw- He has sworn in Chinese. I'm That's sure of it. he did. As,
2: he did as a child. His dad told him. Off,
1: well,
0: yeah. no, hang on, hang on. This is a point I wanted to bring up a couple of weeks in a row now. Just because they say something in Chinese doesn't necessarily mean it's swearing. Well,
2: no, it doesn't. But
0: you know, I particularly wanted to bring this up during the scene you've just mentioned—the cozy fireside chat between a kindly old dad and his two infant children. That was not 90% <laughs> profanity. <I'm> sorry, <laughs> it was.
2: It was. It was like the Clangers. It was. They couldn't have subtitles <laughs> for the Clangers. <laughs>
0: Talking of, this is a total tangent. At some point, I don't know if it's on YouTube, someone produced a took an epi- a segment from Sesame Street of The Count and just put a bleep over every instance of the word count. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it the filthiest thing you've ever seen.
2: <laughs> I love things like that. For example, if you've not seen it, I highly recommend watching uh, Postman Pat's Banging Day Out. <laughs> which is a dubbed episode of Postman Pat where he is in fact at Greendale's uh, class A drug dealer
0: <laughs> he does hand over a lot of brown manila envelopes to people <laughs> <laughs> with extremely wide pupils
1: <laughs> so back to canon not to deviate too far from the topic they've left the ship and they're hitting the workshop floor which is just big holes in the ground filled with mud Simon's been talked into going along to play the role of the buyer and whilst it's extremely hot and sunny on Canton Jane is wrapped up like he's about to go meet some eskimos
2: <laughs> He's yeah you can see he's quite uncomfortable which does humanize him slightly but you know only taking a gorilla and shaving it
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like how Simon becomes extremely inarticulate but well, as we've discussed During
0: before, I love seeing actors whose direction is in this scene you are a bad actor. <laughs> the ruse of having Simon introduced as a bio is gets them a little tour of the facilities, which also does duty for um establishing what kind of place we're in. It's it a turns shit out, hole Yeah.
2: <laughs> Literally. It's a big muddy puddle run by slaves up to their waist in said muddy water.
0: Yeah. It says I had forgotten to the extent to which this universe is a terrible place.
2: <laughs> it's, it's not great, is it?
0: Humanity is terrible. Well, you've got a choice between basically everything's fine except for all the sinister conspiracies, which is the core planet option, or basically 90% of everyone's a slave and your job may well include um, mining filth, which is the outer planet's world.
1: There's got to be a couple of planets that sit in between, where it's basically just Earth that was...
0: Unfortunately, I think that's Persephone, which, as we've discussed, (laughs) (laughs) kind of got the worst of both worlds.
1: Ah, and here's the Statue of Jane. Yeah, as they're discussing that nobody's going to recognise him, they come across the statue.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they they do stand and stare at this uh, statue for a good ten minutes now, I think. But, uh, no, I like that... For various reasons, it's a different permutation of the crew this time. Zoe, who would be the logical choice to send out, was, um, oh yeah, this whole place stinks something awful, so she's just going to stay on board for a while.
2: <laughs> yeah, send her husband off to do it instead.
0: Therefore, yeah, therefore we get to see Wash out and about, which we don't normally do.
2: And obviously Kaylee's uh, pleaded with Mal to take Simon with them, hence having the plan of having Simon as the buyer, so she gets to spend a bit more time with him. Hmm. Having done a little bit of bonding on ship,
0: is there anyone who doesn't really feature in this episode? I feel like everyone gets at least a No, scene I themselves. think everyone is in
1: this one.
2: They are, but the uh, the side story of River and Shepherd just yeah. feels a little bit contrived just to give them both something to do.
0: It does seem like those segments could have been slotted into most any episode.
2: Yeah, so it the, the episode them. wouldn't really be any different if they weren't in it at all. I mean, it's good, it gives them their own little storyline and builds up on the interaction between the two of them.
1: That's where Jane has no idea what the hell is going on, and it's scaring the crap out of him.
2: It's just Simon in the background, just with his mouth open, just can't work out what the hell is going on.
0: This is actually something I was going to bring up. I really love Sean Maher's... I can't pronounce his name. His physical acting in this episode, because you've just described him mouth agape and hand on his face there. And he is now um, in a kind of hand-on-heart pose as if to suggest he's feeling palpitations of the weirdness of the situation <laughs> and if you watch carefully you'll later see him rub his temples at one point i just find it beautiful
1: it's it's nice to see jane's character really out of his element because normally he's cocky very sure of himself and in this instant he really he's gone from i don't want to be here because i caused a bit of a ruckus here last time to I really don't want to be here because what the fuck's going on?
2: <laughs> yeah, he's really not happy there.
1: Mal it's just enjoying it. You can just see it in his face. Not as much as Wash is. <laughs> yeah, but Wash enjoys a lot lots of things. He enjoyed watching people juggle goslings.
2: True. So. I did find that Wash... I don't know if um, Zoe's kind of attitude to it is washed off, if you'll pardon the pun, <laughs> on Wash. In the, in the last episode, she, her kind of initial reaction was to make light of everything and make it do a joke at the expense of Mal's discomfort. And now Wash is kind of doing the same thing with Jane.
1: I think that's just Wash in himself. If anything, I think it may be Wash coming off on Zoe more than Zoe onto Wash for that.
2: Possibly. You don't know, really know enough about either's backstory at this stage to know who's rubbed off on who there.
1: Yeah, considering we've seen Wash see his flight console playing with dinosaurs, I'm thinking that Wash is the, the immature one that's likely to poke fun at everything. True, true.
0: Dinosaurs are visible in this episode as well. I like that.
1: Yes, they are. So here we have a River fixing the space fixing Bible. Fixing the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Noah's Ark's a problem.
0: <laughs> I guess we don't really know if this is um, future space Bible or the the OG Bible.
1: Well, she's mentioned the Garden of Eden, and she talks about Noah's Ark. Uh, I can't imagine
2: that Future Space Bible is that different to actual, you know, real space Bible, as Nathan described it last week. hmm. Um, Maybe some details and some passages that they uh, sexed up for the series, but I think the content is probably the same.
1: Hmm. How many different denominations of Christianity are there? Now, there there are deviations in each book, and... It's got to be close enough for some religious work. Their interactions are kind of cute. I I think, think, if anything, it does show River opening up and being a little less River and a little more normal.
0: Yeah, she's a lot more functional in this episode than she has been.
1: If
2: still a little bit odd. Oh yeah, Yeah. definitely. So this is possibly my favourite bit of the episode. No, second favorite, bar. second favorite bit of the episode. <laughs> They've all just gone to the bar, and they're now talking about this uh, this milk, which I'm guessing is uh, you know fermented milk. But the uh, the song that starts "Mother's Milk" is brilliant.
1: So, protein, vitamins, and carbs of your grandma's best turkey dinner <laughs> plus 15 percent alcohol.
0: Interesting thing in this episode, Simon seems to be handling it pretty well. Yeah. Clearly he is not averse to drinking a combination of uh, protein smoothie and pochine.
2: <laughs> They're basically drinking Baileys, aren't they?
0: <laughs> it's Baileys if Baileys was not a cake, but instead a manky pie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure liquid bread, as they describe it, is actually Guinness.
1: Yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure Guinness is liquid bread. Jane's starting to get really angsty. Oh, but unsurprisingly, not someone's
2: it. noticed him.
1: It was the freakiest little kid going though. <laughs> I mean that kid would worry you just being there normally. New mysterious middleman who is far too well dressed to be in a mother town, that's for sure.
0: We don't ever really find out more about the uh the origin of this um what looks to be some kind of weird smuggling deal. I say weird because the locals are apparently trying to intercept it, I guess.
1: But From what I could work out, they're obviously just shipping it from this place back to the end buyer. Hmm. The original middleman got pinched by the local fuzz because he was trying to smuggle the goods out of town, and they obviously don't like goods being smuggled out. They never tell you what the goods are. It could just be ceramic plates.
0: (laughs) It could be the fell off the back of a well. In this case, fell off the back of a laboriously hand-drawn cart. I suppose
1: this song is awesome.
2: It's brilliant. Uh, it's Simon, just hands on his head, elbows <laughs> on the table, mouth open.
1: Kaylee's the hand over mouth. It's such a catchy Everyone's tune a though. It is. <laughs> this is where we all try and remember the tune because we're all watching it on silent with the subtitles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One of the uh, extras on the DVD set is... I believe it's Joss Whedon, but I couldn't be certain because I wouldn't at that time. At the time I watched it, I wouldn't be able to recognise him by face. Um, yeah, one of the extras is Joss Whedon with an acoustic guitar singing his version of this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jane is just completely perplexed. Well,
2: from what we know, and obviously, assuming that everyone's watched the episode already, he just. He hasn't got a clue why they feel like this. Because what he knows is he nicked a load of stuff and ran away.
1: Yeah. And then the penny drops.
0: Yeah, it's a, a bit of a journey for... Well, he is the title character of this episode, so it understandably would have a bit of an emotional journey with his reaction to being basically Robin Hood by accident.
2: Well, you only ever judge by your actions, not your intentions.
0: <laughs> well, at this point his action is to... Uh, well, firstly, hope we can sneak out unnoticed. Then plan B is exploit the hell out of it.
2: Well, what's the point of being a hero if you can't milk it?
0: Or whiskey it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like it, I like it. It doesn't good. really work, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this bit's funny. Back on the ship, the river's gone to, uh, to see Shepherd to apologise. I tore these from your symbol and they just turned into paper.
1: Now, see that. I'll, that's kind of deep for River. <laughs>
2: It is deep, and then Shepard turns around for this massive throw, scares the shit out of
1: her, and
2: then scares the shit out
1: of Zoe. does look like they've been in the bar for rather a long time at this point. I've just
0: realised this. While the song was going on, there was enough light coming in through the... Because their bar is in a hole in the ground, apparently, as I guess most stuff is in Janestown. Um... Yeah, when they're in the bar, there's light streaming in through the skylights. When they go out, it's pitch darkness.
2: Ah, yeah, but James just gone back in and there's still light streaming in from above.
0: Oh, yeah, so it must be floodlights or something, I guess.
2: Yeah, I don't think they're supposed to have been in there for that long because they've kind of been in there for the length of the song and the bit they were sat there before.
0: That's true. Yeah, okay, then.
2: Plus, as we'll see in a bit when it comes back to um, Simon and Kaylee, they're shit-faced, but they're not (laughs) shit-faced yet. They've not been there that long. So it's going to take a little while for them to get tanked up, which has obviously not happened yet.
1: Mm. Yeah, so we know they went in and it was sunny. You don't know how long they were waiting for the middleman to turn up.
0: Talking of that uh, scene where they're um, clearly three sheets to the wind, I liked it because it's another Mal and Kaylee's relationship detail, where she's trying to subtly say, go away and leave us alone, and he gets it on the third try.
1: It is very, um I said before, it's almost big brotherish, hmm. his relationship with Kaylee. And that is a very big brother moment. Yeah,
2: eventually taking the hint.
1: So we neglected to say, to, to you know, look at Inara's um, current hey, contract.
0: It, Inara's whole plot.
1: Yeah. I thought that was just going to be your usual. Anara goes off to see a client because we've had it a couple of times where she's just naffed off for the episode and you don't see much about it. Although it's
2: separate to everyone else's interactions it's kind of key to the, the, the climax of the story and it also is a, re- it's a really interesting way of passing on information to her or to us as the, uh, the viewer through her perspective.
0: Yeah, we also find out slightly more about what companions are for in this universe apart from um, the first thing you thought of. They also seem to have a vaguely priest-like quality, or at least being uh, therapists or counsellors or something.
1: Yeah. Plus almost like
2: a a mystical element to it as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah, she does refer to a consecrated place and a ritual of welcoming and such. A
2: sexual Jedi knight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Strangely, that's all my business cards. (laughs) (laughs) I do not get many callbacks.
2: <laughs> it's the healing power of your beard, Nathan Don't like this bit Simon and Kaylee, shitfaced Talking about Simon saving people And he has a hamster named after him
1: Hamsters is nice The
0: two sweetest characters
2: Simon also refers to Jane as a man-ape gone wrong
0: And he's right to do so <laughs>
1: <laughs> It is a very sweet interaction Between the two of them and I think it's probably the f- the first time that Kaylee has sort of a clear answer to the question she's of, does Simon like me or not? See, it gets an answer. She just had to get him shit-faced to do it. <laughs> and it's one of the first interactions where Simon hasn't been a major dick whilst talking to her, yet. even if it's inadvertently.
2: <laughs> That's what I thought when I watched it earlier, and then I thought, hmm, yet... He always finds a way to put his foot in his mouth at some point.
1: He does redeem himself at the end.
2: Well, Kaylee gets her own back at the end. Oh yeah. De- definitely. Well. But I think the difference between the, you know before and after this bit is they've built some rapport there so that she knows she can get away with that without actually hurting his feelings.
1: Yeah. But we'll come back to that. We'll we'll get to that. We're we'll getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we'll jump back to the serenity and River's hiding in a... Hiding in the wall. Yes, she's
2: hiding in the smugly hidey hole <laughs> from Shepherd's hair.
1: I don't...
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is... This scene is the closest we get to passing the Bechdel test this episode. You're both looking blank. The I've, what
2: test, yes. Haven't yeah. I talked about this before? No, so you haven't talked about that test. one either.
0: Okay, alright. This is another thing from the world of criticism. Um, there's the Bechdel test named after a... Uh, comic strip drawn by an artist who... I forget her name, but Bechdel is in there somewhere. Um, she says, I only watch films where at least two women talk to each other about something other than a man. <laughs> and then go to say, the last film I saw was Alien. Ripley and some other woman talking to each other about the monster. <laughs> so so the the hint from this came the Bechdel test, which is something must... A, have a woman in it, B, have two women in it, C, they should both have names, D, they should talk to each other, and E, it should be about something other than a man. And about half of all films get to the end of that list. <laughs> and about half of all Firefly episodes get to the end of that list, I believe. This one I don't think does. No. Zoe so talks not. to River, but it's about Shepard. Yeah. It gets almost there.
1: Yeah, That. that's it. Oh, no. Oh go. no, wait. Yeah. Kaylee and Anara spoke about her going off to have nice romance and then good sex. It's technically not about a man. But it's business.
2: Still about a man, although not explicitly <laughs> about a man, as we were talking no. about last week. It could have been a woman, you know, with making assumptions yes, there. It is possible.
0: I'm
1: ticking so. the I'm ticking the box. Two Pens. women talking about business. Well the <laughs>
0: I suppose to be scrupulously fair, you can go through these episodes and say, do any two men talk about to each other about something that isn't a woman? And it's not always a pass. There are episodes where they fail to do that.
2: So that bit with uh, Inara, I have wrote down now. Ah, the old, buy my virgin son a hooker to make him a man plot.
1: <laughs>
2: Which is, I know, I'm aware, is not what Inara is, but...
1: That that's how her position is seen. That's that's what
2: purpose. the guy's using her for at the moment, rather yeah. than her job as a companion. She's just someone he can pay to have sex with his son.
1: Is yeah. that
0: an old plot? I'm not I'm struggling to think of where I've seen it, that happen before.
1: That that old chestnut. Yeah, there's been loads of that it's, it's a trope. I can't think of one, but uh, <laughs> Yeah. It's it's definitely a cliche. Hmm. It, yeah, yeah, you no, know, you're you're not a man until you've Bang the bird! Now that's that's
2: it, innit? It's... I also can't work out with this bit when Simon, when not Simon, when Jane's pissed, if he is trying to use his uh, fame and powers for good or for awesome or just for really, really bad.
1: At that bit, I think Jane was just genuinely enjoying being famous and the fact that people had a riot in his honour. <laughs> I think that endeared the people of Mudtown to him. He was
2: quite happy that they rioted for him.
1: But we're now at the point where we discover that the story Jane remembers isn't the whole story and he actually had a partner that he threw out of the aircraft along with the money <laughs> who didn't die and has been imprisoned in a tiny box for four years. Over a swamp.
0: Yeah, so the the town magistrates apparently deciding it would be way too simple or I guess maybe too risky to actually just arrest Jane or shoot him or something, has decided to release his former partner with now one eye and a massive grudge and just give him a gun and say, hey, you know what? Go buck You're wild, free. son. Yeah.
2: But I think part of that is he's counting on this guy to discredit Jane. Hmm. It's also plausible deni- deniability from him. say, so, Well, it wasn't anything to do with me that killed your hero. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it has been if not explicitly said, intimated that Jane is a uh, focus of rebellion among this restless populace.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, the young guy tells Jane that there was two occasions where all the mothers clubbed together and stood up to the magistrate. One was in keeping the money, and the second one was for keeping the statue. So, we know that with the mothers band together, the, the magistrate hasn't got the this force to deal with with them all together,
2: Zerg rush.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, ah, the orc would wake up from a sofa. Oh, Simon! Simon screws up with
2: Kaylee again. I wrote down this thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we didn't. No, nothing happened. I would never not with Kaylee. it's all right because he's saved by James stomping me? out the
2: room with a uh, with a girl friendly friendly local singing to himself, demanding eggs or maybe booze.
1: Mal is very business like in this episode no the, no, the focus isn't on man I like he said he's a it's a plot driver more than anything, but he's very let's get business done in this episode
2: It's kind of his job as the as the captain though It's not so much to do everything as it is to coordinate everyone else doing it. Is it more of a Picard mode at the moment of telling other people to do stuff for him rather than the the usual sort of kirk of going in where you're eating fists first
1: himself at at this point. The, the wry little smile he has when Kaylee's telling Simon off is very big brother. This is, <laughs> she's just put you in your place. I don't have to say a thing. And the look he gives Simon as Kaylee walks away says it all.
0: Actually, back in the episode uh, Safe, where he gets kidnapped, Inara does almost the same thing. You have Kaylee walking after, after Simon has uh, put his foot in it, and another character gives him basically an eye roll. <laughs> So I like to imagine that was a deliberate um, callback to that episode.
1: Okay, back to Inara and the the counselling portion of the session.
0: Yes, the difference between Inara's counselling and Shepard's counselling is that this happens in bed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) With less clothes, one would presume. This guy kind of reminds me, I was watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off earlier as well, and this guy reminds me of the character Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off now, he's completely downtrodden by his father who's completely overbearing to the point where the kid's neurotic about it and has to be kind of forced into making his stand
0: everything I know about Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a crazy conspiracy theory someone told me about it <laughs> which is that some character is imaginary I can't really tell you more than that because I've never seen it and don't know any of the characters
2: the limit of my knowledge of Ferris Bueller's Day Off is that it's called Ferris Bueller's Day Off Someone oh
0: put this in the agenda. God, Dan, make a note of that. Put yeah, it in the agenda.
1: Not very, not geeky and sci-fi, but '80s cult classic. I mean, to be fair, I didn't watch
2: the Blues Brothers till I was in my mid-twenties. <laughs> I was enormously disappointed. Oh, really? <laughs> it's a terrible film. <laughs> it's just two guys in sunglasses crashing cars.
0: I think I watched it before I was able to form critical opinions, so I'm going to be unable to t- ever have a negative opinion of it now.
2: Well, I think that's the problem. Everyone that I was watching it with, and there were quite a group of people that had all seen it as children and loved mm. it, whereas I was seeing it as a you know, 25-year-old, supposedly <laughs> adult.
1: Man-child. So here's I suppose, we're at the business portion of the episode where they're going to, they're, they're actually, they've gone to collect the merchandise.
2: Having just set up for the town to have a little parade for Jane and to distract all the uh, all of the staff. Ah, uh, now we go back to Inara and Fess, her young client, with uh, quite a bit of exposition. And yeah, I did like the way the ways describing it about the uh, the nobility of Jane, as it turns out, and she immediately, and you can see she immediately thinks it's Mal. Yeah, yeah. And her reaction when she finds out it's Jane is uh, is priceless. Priceless.
1: It does show the the how she feels about Mal she's straight to his defence you can see that this kid has grown up with the story of Jane Cobb and he's as much a hero to this guy as he is the mothers. now
0: hang on I'm pretty sure he hasn't grown up with it because he's meant to be 26 yeah and it
1: was four years ago Uh, ago. yeah Yeah. so he
2: was 22 but he did say it happened while he was growing up oh that's true but yeah I just thought hang on he was That's 22. the bit I remembered
1: him saying as he was growing up. I didn't sit and do the math.
2: Now we've just gone back to the bar and Simon's you know, finishing his breakfast and uh, looks,
1: looks so appetizing. the one-eyed
2: dude has come in. I'm quite proud of Simon for this bit. He's massively outside his comfort zone.
1: Getting his ass kicked around the bar. Like, yeah,
2: he gets his ass kicked around the bar but he tries to fight back. You know, the guy's holding a knife to his throat, and there's a world to try and smack him over the head with something. <laughs> Admittedly, he gets, he gets his arm slashed up for his trouble, but uh, yeah, I think Simon of three or four episodes ago would have just kind of not really done anything.
0: Well, it is possible we're seeing his uh, third, fourth, and fifth punches there. I can only think of one previous in the series, and that was by Mal in The Violet.
2: I'm, I'm reasonably sure, though, if a man's been locked in a box that's about a cubic metre probably wouldn't have that amount of uh, physical strength.
0: Hey, maybe he's been doing a lot of extremely small movement calisthenics. <laughs> <Or>
1: one-inch <laughs> punch. Mm. You know, maybe he was like a massive bodybuilder before he went in the box. Oh, so you think he
0: was Dwayne the Rock Johnson and he's now just kind of... Yeah,
1: he's just atrophied down to normal person size. <laughs> Back in Town Square for... The Jane Day Parade. Yeah, well, they drive past on the quad, kind of whistling nonchalantly.
0: Yeah, the plan does actually work pretty much perfectly.
1: Yeah, from from the crime part.
0: Yeah, we do get a little scene of them um, unloading this cargo, and it appears to be uh, don't know. Lumps of Weapons, mud. maybe could be. <laughs> yeah, It
1: uh, could mud. be anything
2: in there. It could be gold. It could be semen. You know, <laughs> who knows?
1: Capybara semen. <laughs>
0: The only flaw I have in your theory here is that I don't think that would still be good after being buried in the desert for a while.
2: <laughs> Probably not. No.
0: Second objection is to the aftermarket, but it's the future. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe that's valid. You know, it
2: might be bull semen. It's worth a lot of money. I like the way they've run back very quickly to listen to Jane's speech.
1: Well, you've got to keep a close yeah, eye on him. T- true. Yeah, you don't true. Jane get into too much trouble?
2: Don't think Jane does public speaking very well.
1: <laughs> yeah. You you took that stick and you took it. Well, I guess that's something. But the, the, they love it. He's very eloquent. with moves delivery. It kind of makes me wonder how much the rest of the crew knew about Jane and his past and what he's been up to before they took him on as the grunt.
0: Yeah, we, we do like to see his hiring in a flashback. But the less said about that, the better, because spoilers...
1: Yes, let's discuss the spoiler (laughs) policy again. I think that's next week, isn't it?
0: Um, We'll find out when we look up what the next episode is at the end. Actually, no, we won't, because then we'll have to pretend not to know what happens in the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) You and me, Dan, we we can do it.
1: We can do it. Discipline. (laughs) Uh, And Kaylee gets very sweet helping Simon up, calling him Honey.
0: Yeah, the scene that's happening on screen for us now is the uh, big showdown between the one-eyed bearded former Dwayne The Rock Johnson and um, Jane Wallace His Wally's... name is Stitch. Whose name's Stitch? While it, uh, Jane has been interrupted in the middle of his uh, valedictorian speech. I don't know. That's the wrong phrase. I don't really know what it means.
2: <laughs> See, even now Mel's trying to save the day, although they just get a shotgun pointed directly at his face from point-blank range, so... Uh...
1: He backs, he off, backs understandably. off, understandably. That young guy's the only one that was stood near Jane.
0: Well, I'd probably have uh, backed off from him a little bit, given that he's <laughs> at the wrong end of a firefight. <laughs> well, not a firefight, but a, uh, a standoff.
1: See the, see, the mother's opinion of Jane kind of diminished a little bit. Well, I think everyone's
2: opinion of Jane, except possibly Nathan's, diminishes a bit here when you realise <laughs> that he is the sort of person who will just drop kick his business partner off at the first sign of trouble. But the kid still saves him. Yes,
0: he he does the flying leap. I'd be really curious to know if that's something that people can do. No, I have to admit, when I watched it, I I did mentally go, and that kind (laughs) of undermined the seriousness of the scene, (laughs) especially because it wasn't in slow motion. So,
2: your hate has made you powerful. As Jane gets his knife out (laughs) and throws it in the guy's heart, (laughs) and he still manages to fight back for a couple of times before Jane mashes his head in.
0: Yeah, we up until this point we'd had an episode where no one dies violently on screen but turns out two of them do in quick succession.
1: <laughs> I, I like this part for Jane because he's very self-critical. Uh, he knows what he is and accepts what he is and the mud has kind of made him think he could be better than that. And this seems to be a sharp realisation for him that no, I am just the shithead that does this for a living. I've just beaten a man to death in front of a crowd. Well, he well, seems uh, to be
2: angry at them, but actually I think he's angry at himself.
0: Yeah, I think that's yeah. exactly it, because his um, his actual statement that he makes is that there is no... Effectively, there is no such thing as heroes. There are only yeah. uh, mercenaries, and I don't think he really believes it, which is why he's so angry here.
1: He, he wants to be that person for him, but...
0: Well, I think the fact that anyone thinks it's possible... Um, challenges the fact challenges his self-image
1: he is just Jane back to Serenity with the subtitle of ship powering up which I, which I quite like <laughs> Jane, still with uh, stitches, blood on his hands <laughs> ship
2: powering down alarm blaring
1: <laughs> yeah well we did learn that um, Serenity has been landlocked um, and Ara had been told by her young customer here she is now back on board asking if there's a problem and uh, it goes away, miraculously.
2: I had a little wry grin, and then there's Fess, her young client, sticking it to the man. Who is his dad in this case, but uh, you wanted to make a man out of me, Dad. I guess it worked. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm curious to know what tomorrow's going to be like in that household, but <laughs> we'll never find out.
1: I don't know about that. He delivers that line, No, you wanted to make a man out of me dad, I guess it worked. And his dad takes two steps back and has to brace himself against the doorframe to stop himself from falling over.
0: There's a lot of big physical acting in this episode and I love it.
2: I really like this bit where Shepard's going to go and talk to a river. It's like, just keep just walking pause. preacher man. And he
0: just <laughs> <laughs> turns around and off he
1: goes. Yep, yeah, off he goes.
2: <laughs> now this is my favourite bit of the episode.
1: Kaylee and Simon... In Simon's room. Yeah, it does also make it clear how
0: much of a uh, cultural gap there is between them. Because uh, Kaylee's clearly, I think, born and raised on the outskirts of civilization, and kind of takes it as read that you can have a massive fight if you need to. Yeah. Which is not something that exists in in Simon's world. And to be fair, nor in mine. I wouldn't know how to fight someone in a bar if I had to. (laughs) I certainly wouldn't be uh, reaching for bottles to smash on them.
1: It is another very sweet moment from Simon as he explains himself and how that his manners and his way of being is the only thing he has left and that he can use yeah, to I'd, show her how he feels.
0: Well, I also thought that was talking about um, people's self-image earlier. I thought that was interesting because he is um, trying to hold on to the uh, his identity as a gentleman, even when every other aspect of that has pretty much been sacrificed to the... Rescue River cause.
2: I just love the bit when Kaylee says, well, what about when we made love last night? The look what? on his face is like,
1: yes, that is payback. Punked. The, the next scene with Mal and Jane on the, the bridge over the hold, and it's troubling Jane. You know, everything that went on with the mudders and the, the death of the boy. You know, it It really did get to him. You can see that. And he's struggling to make sense of it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to really keep a close eye in future episodes to see whether this cognitive dissonance does actually create any change or if it just kind of goes away.
1: Yeah.
2: If it has any lasting effect or not. Because I don't, kind of, don't really think that Jane's the sort of person that does much deep thinking about uh, stuff.
1: Yeah, it, it <laughs> could just be a... Uh, no, this happens, he's going to go have some more drink and fall asleep and then everything will be alright in the morning but Mal's point about um, figured that every man that's had a statue put up about him is a, some kind of son of a bitch and that it was more for what the mothers needed than it was for Jane. I, c- I can see that and where he's coming from there It's
2: a bit like you know, history being written by the victors you're, Yeah, Your heroes your cultural heroes, you don't necessarily want to remember the bad things about them That's it I enjoyed that episode. Yeah. There's some very funny I bits, to it, it. and it was quite funny, quite funny, cathartic. Possibly watching Jane squirm.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, it certainly advanced quite a lot of characters in a short space of time, and um, yeah, it had a beginning, middle, end with possible consequences for the future.
2: Good bit of morality to the story as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's yeah. we. Mostly up until now, it's been Mal that's been the um, moral dilemma character. So it was interesting to see that thrown on to someone else.
1: And it was it was nice to see the uh, their crime take a back seat. Uh, the, yes, they did crime. Crime went on. They were successful at crime, but crime wasn't the reason for this episode. Right? We got any more to say on this one? I don't know, I'm, I'm. I again. I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. I like it was uh, does rank up there not my overall favourite but it's definitely a solid episode it's definitely
2: a solid episode didn't enjoy it as much as the last week's one but that was I think a particularly fine episode of any TV programme yeah I yeah. think
0: solid's kind of the verdict I would give it because it's um, like you say it's not one that's going to jump to mind as a rule although possibly that song will <laughs> um, but yeah there's really no flaws in it I would say
1: yeah, it's solidly constructed so next episode so, uh, then Out of Gas. Next episode is Out of Gas, yeah. I I
2: remember Out of Gas. The crew abandons ship when a Serenity is crippled by an explosion, leaving behind a dying Mal who recalls how he first acquired the vessel. So I'm guessing it's a flashback-heavy
1: one. It's a very flashback-heavy one, but if memory serves, it's done extremely well. Well, at least it's flashbacks to something that's not been on screen before, so that's fine. Yeah. I
2: can live with that.
1: (laughs) You're not flashbacking to two minutes before where, in the flashback, they recall cool, having a flashback.
0: It's a clip show. <laughs> there I are no about. clip shows.
1: Good. We've discussed that to
2: death before, but uh, yeah, this is not one. No. Nah, no clip show.
0: I kind of want to tell you that it's the actually the last chronological episode and everyone dies at the end of it. But since you've already seen the film, <laughs> you don't, every episode from now on is also a flashback. <laughs> but since you've seen that there's a film, you know that's not the case.
1: I think one of my favorite anecdotes about the series comes from this episode, but save it. We'll save that. Save it.
2: On that note, let's regroup next week.
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah. Bye. bye, Internet. See you later. You're up from the rich, and he gave to the poor. He stood up to the man, and he gave him what for. Our love for him now ain't hard to explain. The hero of Panton, the man they call.
0: Our sign off just can't be bye
1: bye. That's that's terrible. Geek you later, internet.
0: That's even worse.
1: It is. I'm good at bad. <laughs> bye bye, internet. Our our final our sign off can't be just goodbye, internet. Hard cut to the outro.